This is When We Understand the Text, a daily Bible study in the Word of God. For to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Tell all your friends about our ministry at www.tt.com. Here once again is Pastor Gabe. Thank you, Becky. You're welcome. In Romans 15, verse 4, we read, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Mm. And so our commitment at when we understand the text is to teach the Bible. Yes. For it grows us in the word of Christ that we may have the mind of Christ mm-hmm. and be looking to Christ, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Yes. So we thank you for listening. We thank you for telling somebody else about the ministry, sharing the videos, sharing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Sharing it on social media, sharing it verbally. Yeah. That's that's how we get around. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, never put any money into advertising nope. when we understand the text or anything like that. So uh, appreciate it very much, especially as we consider that this week has now been seven years yes. as a podcast. Whoop, whoop. We started the first week of August in 2015. Yep. So here we are at seven years broadcasting, and what are we at now? 1,700 episodes? <laughs> Something like that. I don't remember. I don't ever think of the number until I have to type it in when I right? upload it. So, yeah, whatever number you saw when you brought this up and listened to it, that's that's where that's we are. That's how many. That's it. And we're over, let's see, we're we're approaching 3 million downloads. Don't tell me Oh, numbers. yeah, that's right. I'm not supposed to tell you those things. I gave him My during bad. the he- headlight look, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it instantly when you looked at me. Well, just think, they're, they're mostly listening to stuff you've already said a long time ago. That's not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's worse than me trying to remember what I said yesterday. <laughs> well, I don't think, I mean, of all these 1,700-something episodes, I don't think there's one your voice is not on. Yeah? I think you're on all of them. I think so. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. It's been fun. It has. (laughs) It's also this week that we celebrated 12 years of marriage. Yes. Woohoo! Yay! 12 wonderful years. They flew by. Where did we go for our anniversary for 12 years? Alaska. Well, (laughs) yeah, we did. That wasn't what I was thinking, though. You said anniversary. Yeah, our anniversary day. Like that day. Oh, we went to Jimmy John's. Yeah, we went and had sub sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) These years have gone by freaky fast. Freaky fast. (laughs) So we went to Jimmy John's. (laughs) They're not paying us for that, by the way. That's just free. It's one of Becky's favorite restaurants. Everybody might be going, Gabe, you're a cheapskate. Why didn't you take her to a nicer place? Hey, I offered. Yeah. I offered to go to a really nice place. You did. She didn't even want to go out at all. Nope. (laughs) I'm a homebody. I remember our first date was Pizza Hut in a movie. (laughs) And it was perfect. It was great. It was like, hey, this is going to work out pretty well. Pizza Hut didn't pay us for that one either. Nope. When was the last time we had Pizza Hut? Uh. About two years ago or At more. At least, yeah. I mean, we still eat plenty of pizza. Yeah. That's a staple for our family. Definitely. Incidentally, you can get me to go anywhere as long as you promise me pizza. <laughs> That's hey, Gabe, true. can you come preach at our church? I don't know. I'm kind of busy that weekend. There's we'll give pizza. you pizza. Yeah. There's pizza. All right. I'll be there. So, uh, so that's why I'm in Alaska. They offered me pizza. <laughs> <laughs> At the time you're listening to this, are we on our way? No, we would already be there. We're already in Alaska by the time this airs. Yes. Yeah. 
So, uh, oh, and somebody asked, hang on, I got to bring that up in the email. Well, let's say again to email now. So on the Friday edition of the broadcast, we respond to questions from the listeners, and you can send those questions to when we understand the text at gmail.com. So this question I got from Ted in San Antonio. He says, Pastor Gabe, I too will be traveling from Texas to Alaska this week for work. Which church will you be speaking at? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm going to be at Faith Bible Fellowship Church this coming Sunday. Services at 11 o'clock. It's in Big Lake, Alaska. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Todd Friel has mentioned this church really? on Wretched. I didn't know that, but just found that out a couple of days ago. Cool. So he's mentioned that church before. And this is just by the providence of God. Jason Lyle is going to be there at the same time I'm there. Oh, so neat. So you could come here. Jason Lyle speak for Sunday school. I think that's like at 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. 930, 10 and then the sermon is at 11, or the service, main service is at 11 o'clock. Then Jason Lyle's doing a couple of other sessions. I think they're at 2 in the afternoon, and then the 6 o'clock evening service, mm-hmm. he's doing one then. So anybody's in the area, you want to come by Faith Bible Fellowship Church in Big Lake, Alaska. Yeah. You get to hear cool. You get to hear me and Jason Lyle. <laughs> I'm going for Jason Lyle. <laughs> Pizza. I thought it was <laughs> oh, pizza. Oh, pizza. That's right. <laughs> they offered me pizza. So that's why that's why we're there. <laughs> All right. Let, let's get to some other questions here. This one comes from Angie. And she says, Dear Gabe and Becky, I enjoyed the explanation of missing verses in the Bible, but I was disappointed that you only covered one. Nah. Could you go through the other 15 Bible verses and explain why they don't belong in the text? Well, the reason why they don't belong there is because they aren't in the original text. Right. I mean, that, that's the reason. It's not because, oh, the theology's weird, and so it shouldn't go there. Cause so that's as, the explanation for all of them? Right. That's the explanation okay. for all of them. So because like the, with the one that we looked at last week in Acts 8.37, mm-hmm. it wasn't that the theology was wrong. Right. It's just Correct. Luke didn't write that. Right. So you shouldn't put it in the text. (laughs) If we're going to be as faithful to the text as possible, it doesn't matter how much it is alike other verses in the Bible, or even if that verse drew from another verse and Mm -hmm. brought that in. Uh, It's still not being faithful to what the original author wrote to the original audience. So then my question is, why didn't they just drop that all together and then number it what's left correct? Instead of just dropping the number. I didn't explain that last week. So the numbering system came about after those verses had already been added to the text. So when you're talking like five or six hundred years after Acts was written, Mm -hmm. and that was when Acts 837 got dropped in there. Okay. Well, at the time, there weren't chapter and verse markers. Okay. So somebody brought that into the text before the numbering system came about which was sometime around 11, 1200 A.D. I can't remember exactly what century it was that that we started chapter and verse. They huh. started adding in chapter and verses. Okay. It was certainly there by the time the King James translators right. did, uh, well, even the Geneva Bible and then the King James Bible. So we'd already had that chapter and verse system in place, hmm. and they didn't want to change it up because people were already recognizing scripture right according to those chapter and verses Mm -hmm. and so when it just kind of came about years later that we discovered the alexandrian manuscripts we're finding manuscripts that were even newer 
uh, newer, um, original, even even closer to the originals. Oh, okay. Than the King James, the the Byzantine manuscripts that the King James translators used. Mm-hmm. And realizing that those earlier manuscripts don't have some of those extra added verses. And so with the more modern translations, see, today our translations are actually more accurate than the King James was. Yeah. And you might think, well, the King James, you know, they're closer to the original writers than we are. So wouldn't be wouldn't we be getting further and further away from the original text the more the years go by? But the reality of the situation is we have through technology access to more manuscripts than the King King James translators had. Mm-hmm. And plus, we don't have to travel to different parts of the world right. to read those manuscripts. Yeah. <laughs> They're all like digitally uploaded yeah. and you can just access them through computer. And I'm sure some of them were unearthed, right? If I remember right. Oh, yeah. Like the Dead Sea Scrolls were found in a cave. Yeah. You know, things like that. So they they might not have had access to them at that point. Yeah. Just as the years go on. The technology and archaeological discovery and things like that have given us access to more manuscripts. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't have the originals. We don't have what's called the original autographs. Yeah. So when you're reading Acts uh, or you're reading the oldest manuscript of the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. you're not reading a manuscript that Luke actually wrote. Okay. It's a copy of a copy, you know, something that that kind of came down the line a little bit. But through all the manuscripts that we have, we know with certainty that what we've got in the Bible is actually what was originally intended. Even a skeptic like um, Bart Ehrman, who wrote Misquoting Jesus. Okay. And, of course, he was popular uh, a dozen years ago or something when it was he's writing these books that are hitting the New York Times bestseller, and he's talking about <laughs> there's like 200,000 variations in the New Testament and all this kind of thing, and people are going, whoa. Okay. But they don't understand what that means. Yeah. You know, it means we have multiple manuscripts and and just one little letter difference is a variation. Mm-hmm. And if you have that letter difference across 15 manuscripts, well, that's now 15 variations. Right. So anyway, yeah, it just it just was silly. He just knew how to word it. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> just kind of hype how it to, up. How to bait you. Yeah, exactly. To get people's attention <laughs> and sell his books. Essentially right. made a lot of money off of that. Anyway, even a guy like Ehrman admits with greater than 99.5% accuracy, what we have in the Bible is what the original authors wrote. Hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of funny to hear him go through all of that because you hear him <laughs> kind of like casting all this doubt yeah. into the authenticity of the Bible and all of this. And then, but, but when somebody asks him the question, so what do you think the original author actually wrote? His answer will be, I think it's pretty much like what we have today. Huh. So it's like, well, which is it? Yeah. Do we, <laughs> do we doubt what it is that we have was original? Or, you know, he still maintains that over the course of the Gospels, you see myth developing. Right. And so the miracles that get attributed to Jesus weren't, you know, uh-huh. he didn't actually perform any miracles. That's that's Bart Ehrman. <laughs> but we know yeah. that what we read are eyewitness testimony. Right. As we hear from Second Peter chapter one, we we are not 
bearing witness to you with myths that we just made up, right. but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. These were not cleverly devised myths is the way that Peter puts it there. Yes. So we're reading eyewitness testimony when we look into the pages of the Bible. So how about these other verses? Let's go through these. And this will pretty much be the rest of our broadcast. Okay. This is how far we'll get. So let's look at Matthew 17. You got your phone up in front of you there? Yep. Getting there. Like you did last week. So Matthew. No, I actually had my Bible last week. Oh, you did? I think so. Uh, I think you had your phone in your hand. I don't remember. Remember, you were clicking on numbers. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did have my phone. Not numbers, the book of the Bible, but her her little (laughs) footnote numbers. Yeah, the number five. Right. Okay, so what are we? Matthew what? Matthew 17. And let's start here in verse uh, 19. Well, this is after. Okay, so Jesus heals a boy with a demon. Mm Mm-hmm. He rebuked the demon. Verse 18, he rebukes the demon. It came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Because remember, the disciples tried and failed. Right. And Jesus said to them, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathered in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. Did you see which verse got omitted in there? Isn't it 21? 21. 21 got skipped. So after Jesus says to the disciples, Because of your little faith, then you go to 22, and they're gathering in Galilee. That's what Matthew originally wrote. So what happened to verse 21? Well, if you look down in the footnotes, you got footnotes on there? Uh, I think I have another five. Okay, so in mine, it says some manuscripts insert verse 21, but this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. That's, hmm. that's with reference to the demon. Okay, so go back up to verse 20 again. Because of your little faith, that was why the disciples weren't able to cast out the demon. Mm -hmm. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind, talking about the demon, never comes out except by prayer and fasting. That's the verse that's been omitted. Yeah, okay. So that that would fill in my question, because my question would be, because of your little faith, and but they had faith. Because they were trying to cast it out. Right. It's not that they were doubting themselves. But they had little faith. Yeah. But it, then he compares the faith of a mustard seed, which is super tiny. So, right. So that's little faith that you can move a mountain. <laughs> yes. So I'm really confused. <laughs> okay. Well, now you're asking a different question. That's, I am. That's not the question that but, Angie asked. No. So so my question, my question was actually answered by verse 21 that was omitted. So... <laughs> okay, well, why is yeah, why is verse twenty one not in there though? Because it wasn't written. Because in it there. wasn't in the original text, right. correct? So this is being borrowed from Mark nine. There in Mark nine, you have the story of Jesus casting an unclean spirit out of the boy, mm-hmm. and in verse twenty seven, Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Hmm. So his response to them in Mark is different Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. than the response in Matthew. Some scribe who was copying Matthew decided to grab that answer from Mark, probably thinking the same thing you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. <laughs> I need a better explanation here. Yeah. <laughs> so he took the answer in Mark and brought it over into Matthew. Mm. And added to the text. So do you think they did this before they came up with the cross-referencing? And that's why they came up with cross-referencing? No, I don't know. I mean, that's... Kind of wondering. That would be... that. That's an assumption. I don't know. I don't know anything about. <laughs> I think cross, curious. I think cross-referencing just came about for the sake of cross-referencing. Because, I mean, that would take you to the answer rather than having to add more to the text. Well, exactly. You can just put a cross-reference little notation there and then flip over. But at the time when the scribes were doing that, there weren't chapter and verse markers. True. So you couldn't have made that cross-reference until we came up with chapter and verses. True. (laughs) At which point, it probably would have been like page number. Turn over to page. Yeah. Grab (laughs) scroll number 86. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) No, they really had books back then. I mean, even in in the second century when... These manuscripts were being copied. Uh-huh. They were writing them in books. Yeah. Paul talks about bring my books to me. Yes. So they had bound books back then, just like we have. I mean, uh, they weren't just like. Yeah, our I was going to say they would be a little different. <laughs> They'd literally be bound. But they were still bound books. Yeah. So like the oldest uh, manuscript, the old uh, yeah oldest manuscript that we have, which is a fragment of John. Can't remember what that one's called. P fifty two. It's only like the size of a credit card. Oh, okay. But it's the oldest manuscript fragment that we have of the New Testament. And it's from a book. It's not from a scroll. It's a page from a book. Huh. And there's writing on the front and the back of it. Oh, neat. So they had books yeah. back then, you know. It wasn't just scrolls. We think of it all being scrolls. <laughs> yeah. Everything was just rolled up <laughs> with the wood handles on it, you know. Yeah. Old-timey stuff. <laughs> all right. Where did I end there? That was just one verse. That was. So that was Matthew seventeen twenty-one. Now go over to chapter 18. Go to Matthew 18, and I'll start reading here in verse 10. All right. So this is the parable of the lost sheep. Yep. The account as we have it in Matthew's gospel. Jesus says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, Does he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Hmm. What verse got missed in there? I don't know. I was Uh, reading. Okay, good. Good. (laughs) You're paying attention to the text. (laughs) 11? Yep. Verse 11. So it went from 10... To 12. If you look down in the first uh, in the first notes in the footnotes, it says some manuscripts add verse 11 for the son of man came to save the lost. That's also borrowing from Mark. I was going to say that I don't find that necessary. Yep, that's that's taking from Mark, pulling that into Matthew. And yeah, like you said, that's not even necessary to have in there. Yeah. And it's not that. They're writing something in there that's unbiblical. Right. Because we find it elsewhere. Right. In the Gospels. But it's not what Matthew originally wrote. Mm -hmm. So in faithfulness to the original document, verse 11 gets omitted. Because somebody at some point added that in there and it's not supposed to be there. Check. Next one. Go to Matthew 23. 
Matthew chapter 23. So somebody butchered Matthew? <laughs> yeah, Matthew's got a few. This is the last one in Matthew, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Matthew 23 is where Jesus is giving the woes to the scribes and the Pharisees. I guess it's not really butchered because, you know, it's still biblical. But... It's still biblical. Yeah. Just grabbed it from an... It's cut and paste. That was what you said last yeah, week. Yeah, cut and paste. Copy, cut, paste. So Matthew 23, starting in verse 13. But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. For you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would enter to go in. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel across sea and land to make a single proselyte. And when he becomes a proselyte, you make him twice as much a child of hell as yourselves. Woe to you, blind guides. As we go on in verse 16. So what was the verse that got missed in there? 14. 14 got omitted. So we went from 13 to 15. What was verse 14? Look down in the footnotes. Some manuscripts add here or after verse 12, verse 14. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive the greater condemnation. Now, that sounds familiar. Mm, Where else have we heard devour widows' houses? I thought that was in the Bible. Yeah, it's in Mark. <laughs> Mark twelve forty. you devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Exact same wording in Luke twenty forty seven as well. Hmm. So it's in Mark. It's in Luke in the woes that Jesus gives to the Pharisees. It's just not in Matthew's account. Yeah. So some overzealous scribe knows that it's in the other two synoptic gospels. Mm-hmm. So why is it not in Matthew? Well, I'm going to make sure it's in there. Yeah. And brings it in. And lo and behold, Matthew did not write it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean Jesus didn't say it. Right. But it's just in the account that Matthew is giving of the woes that Jesus gave to the Pharisees. He didn't include the mention of devouring widows houses. Right. All right. So that's Matthew. And the differences would be because of who their audience is. And what type of writer they are. Not entirely. Right? Yeah, I think it's more a matter of the author's intent. Yeah. Rather than the audience. I think too much. Okay. Mu- I think well, too I much the is- intent is for the audience, but I get what you're saying. Right. That would make more sense. Yeah. I-, I really think we put too much emphasis on... The audience? The audience. When it comes to the Gospels. Okay. The letters, you do need to know who the audience is. You need to know what the occasion is. Why is Paul writing this letter? Okay. Why is Peter or James or John writing this? Okay. Uh, And I think it's good to ask that with regard to the Gospels as well. But too much is placed, I think too much emphasis is placed on who the audience is. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, for example, because we're the audience, too. Exactly. Right. I mean, well, yeah, technically speaking, but you, you, yeah, <laughs> you still even have to be careful, though. You can't say with first Corinthians, well, we're the audience. Right. No, the church in Corinth is the audience. Right. That doesn't mean it doesn't have application for us, nor does it mean that the Holy Spirit is not speaking to us. Right. But you have to follow the proper course mm-hmm. of exposition. Yeah. It's what the author said to the original audience. And the letter cannot mean today what it what it did not mean to them then Mm -hmm. the the purpose or the meaning of the sermon that a pastor is preaching Mm -hmm. has to be the meaning of the text yeah whatever the text means that has to be the meaning of the sermon as well because it was the same yesterday today and forever the point of the text needs to be the point of the sermon that's that's expository preaching yes 
So you need to follow it properly. What did Paul say to this church? How does that connect to the gospel? Drawing a line to Christ and the cross. Mm -hmm. And then you draw a line from there to modern application. But even our modern application still has to fit with the intent of the text. Yes. All right. Anyway, all that to say, coming back to that. So as I mentioned, too much emphasis placed on the audience because Matthew, which is often said to have been written to Jews, Mm -hmm. mentions Gentiles in the very beginning. You have Gentiles mentioned in chapter one. And when you get to Matthew two, who is it that comes looking for the Christ child? Yeah. The wise men. Yeah. Who were Gentiles. Yep. And so you you couldn't really say they were that not Jews. Exactly. You couldn't really say the emphasis was on writing to Jews. It, it's true that Matthew is showing that Jesus Christ, according to what the Jewish scriptures have said about according to what the Hebrew scriptures have said from the very beginning, he's showing how this is the Christ. Mm-hmm. But don't let that idea of Matthew writing to a Jewish audience. Make, overtake you yeah right yeah. right that that this is specifically to jews or and then it will be mark your filter through that <laughs> put it through your filter there right. we go yeah i said that wrong and then it'll be said mark <laughs> was written primarily to gen or yeah to gentiles uh-huh. but i don't think that's the way we should be reading matthew mark and luke yeah anyway okay let's let's go on before yeah. i get any more confusing there <laughs> so Sorry. mark seven mark seven is the next one okay mark seven And I'm going to start reading in verse 14. So this is after Jesus has rebuked the Pharisees, for they teach the commandments of man rather than commandments of God. In verse 14, he says, and he called the people uh, uh, to him again and said to them, hear me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples came to him about the parable. And he said to them, then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him? Since it enters not his heart, but his stomach and is expelled. Thus he declared all foods clean. What verse in there got omitted? 16. Yep, verse 16 was missing. So if you look down in the footnotes... Uh, Some manuscripts add verse 16. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. That's in other accounts. Mm -hmm. That's something Jesus certainly says. Definitely. But it's not in the original manuscript of Mark. Right. So that verse gets cut out. Now, there are teachers out there who will say that the statement in verse 19, thus he declared all foods clean, is not in the original manuscript. Oh. They're wrong. That is... That is originally something that Mark wrote. That is in the earliest manuscripts. Jesus did indeed declare all foods clean. Hmm. The okay. un, the unlearn the lies guy. I can't remember. Lex Meyer. That's his name. Unlearn the lies on YouTube. Okay. He teaches that. So he said, no, you can't just eat whatever you want. There are certain foods that are not food. Like pig is not actually a food. Mm-hmm. And this statement, thus he declared all foods clean, is not actually in the original manuscript. Somebody added that in there. That's what Lex Meyer will will say. Interesting. But it's not true. It is in the original text. All right. Next one is uh, still in Mark. Let's go to nine. And there's two of them in nine, almost back to back. (laughs) Okay. So you might notice a few skips in here. Let's go to Mark nine. And we are in, uh, let's start in verse 42. 
Mark 9, 42. Jesus says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life lame than with two feet to be thrown in hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into hell. Where the, room, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. What did you see omitted there? 44 and 46. Correct. Two verses. So with regard to verse 46, some manuscripts add verses 44 and 46, which are identical with verse 48, huh. where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. So somebody just got really redundant. Yeah. And so where, where it says uh, then to be crippled with two hands and go into hell to the unquenchable fire, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. So somebody added that in there, hmm. which became verses 46 and 40. Uh, what did we say? 44 and 46. 44 and 46. Mm-hmm. It's there in 48. Yeah. But Mark, Mark wrote it at the end of what Jesus was saying there, rather than it occurring every time that Jesus mentioned being cast into hell. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's pretty easy to see, you know, what happened there and why that got clipped. Yeah. It's certainly not, uh, somebody's cutting stuff out of the Bible. No, because they left verse 48. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they weren't trying to get that line out of the Bible. Uh, the next one is still in Mark, Mark 11. Mark does have some additions, more so than Matthew does. Okay. Because you think about the Mark and appendix, too, yeah. in Mark chapter 16. So this is Mark 11, and I'm going to begin reading in verse hmm, uh, verse 20. This is a longer section, so I was trying to see if I could shorten it somehow. So Mark 11, verse 20, the lesson from the withered fig tree. As they pass by in the morning... They saw the fig tree. This was the tree that when Jesus passed by it at the first, he cursed it. Oh, yes. And so now they're seeing it withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father who is in heaven may forgive you your trespass. And they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him and they said, by what authority are you doing these things or who gave you this authority to do them? What got skipped? 26. Verse 26. Yeah, I read that whole section because it's the verse at the very end. Yeah. That got added in there and then taken back out. So some manuscripts add verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father who is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Where do we hear that? Oh, yeah, that's elsewhere. That's in Matthew 6. That's right after Jesus gave the instruction on the Lord's prayer. Mm. So, again, it's there in the text. It's in the Bible. 
It wasn't like we were trying to get that phrase out of there somehow because it's back in Matthew 6. Mm -hmm. So some scribe along the way just grabbed that statement from Matthew 6 and inserted it here into Mark 10. But Mark didn't write it. Matthew did. Okay. 11. Mark 11. Mark 11, 26. What did I say? You said Mark 10. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I teach a lot from Mark 10. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm asked to do a sermon, I just go to Mark 10. I like doing the um, the camel through the eye of a needle oh, passage yeah. there. Yep. Yeah, I like that one. I'll teach that one from Mark 10. So it's I've said it enough times now that when I, I say Mark something, 10 is <laughs> 10. the first, <laughs> first number that comes to mind. All right, let's go to Mark 15. Mark chapter 15. And I'm going to start reading here in verse uh, 25. Mark 15, starting in verse 25. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right hand and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha! You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. What verse got skipped in there? 28. 28. Some manuscripts insert verse 28. And the scripture was fulfilled that says he was numbered with the transgressors. Hmm. That's in the Gospels. It's just not something Mark wrote. Interesting. So you still get it from the Gospels, pointing back to Isaiah 53, 12. Mm -hmm. There's just not a need to have to put it in Mark. When he's not the one that wrote it. Yeah. And we're trying to be as faithful to the original manuscripts as possible. Yeah. And then we mentioned last week, we mentioned Mark 16. Now, it's not taken out of your Bible. It's still there. Mark 16, verses 9 through 20, which we refer to as the Mark and Appendix. But you'll notice in Mark 16, it says in brackets right there before verse 9. Yeah, some of the brackets. Yep. Some of the earliest manuscripts do not include 16, 9 through 20. Hmm. That was added on. And everything that we have in there uh, is still biblical, except for the mention of the poison. I said that last week. That whole thing with the poison is kind of funny. So in verse 18, if you look at Mark 16, 18, well, let me go back to, uh, to verse 15. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospels to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirm the message by accompanying signs. <laughs> why do you have that expression? I just, I'm wondering, why did they leave it? Did they think it was too short to end at verse 8? Yeah, it does have an unusual conclusion to it. So you were looking back at verse 8 trying to figure out, like, why does it end that way? Yeah. And then somebody tacked on, you know, the extra thing And then thing the poison it. thing was just random. Yeah. <laughs> so you have the resurrection. Jesus is raised from the dead. The angels tell the women who come to the tomb, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who is crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Verse 8. This is the last verse of Mark 
of of the Gospel of Mark. Yeah, of his manuscript. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. That's it. <laughs> That's how Mark go. ends. Now, did they say nothing to anyone? Oh, no, they went and told. Yeah, they went and told. Yeah. Now, it, it can but even... maybe not on the way. It, it can even be assumed just by what we have here that they told somebody. Right. Because obviously the, the word got out. <laughs> Mark would not have written about it. Right. If they hadn't told somebody. Right. So it's implied, even though it's not expressly stated... But somebody, you know, a couple of hundred years after Mark was written is going, boy, Mark, no. Why did you end like that? I'm going to help you out. And then wrote what we have referred to as the Mark and Appendix. It's not in the original manuscripts. In the oldest manuscripts that we have, it was added later. There are elements that you see in here that come from the other Gospels, except for the drinking poison thing. That's the one that's like, why? Why is that in there? Yeah. They will drink deadly poison and it will not hurt them. But even the reference to they will pick up serpents with their hands is probably because of what happened to the Apostle Paul on the island of Malta. Yeah. Where he's gathering up sticks and the serpent bites his hand. Right. And he shakes it off into the fire and everybody's astonished yeah. that he's fine. Right. That's probably what that's in reference to. But then you have like the snake handlers in Kentucky. Right. You know, <laughs> True. other places of the Southeast U.S. that <laughs> they're handling rattlesnakes. And it's from this verse that they do that practice. Because huh. look, I can handle a snake and it not hurt me. And therefore, you know that I have the Holy Spirit of God. Thing is, I've seen a lot of videos of those guys getting bit by snakes. That's what I was thinking, too. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen videos of guys almost dying from it. Yeah. So it's like, so what is that? Does this now prove you don't have the Holy Spirit of God? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you can handle this snake. Random. And uh, he wasn't uh, too pleased with you. (laughs) I don't know very many snakes who are pleased. I mean... (laughs) Even the pet ones try to eat their owners. Touche. Touche. All right. So we got through, let's see, all of Matthew and Mark. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight verses. That's how that's how far we've gotten. Okay. So we got halfway through the halfway. 16. You want to join me next time and we'll go through the other sure. half? All right. We'll do it that way. So thank you for your question, Angie. We'll just have to pick up another time. Because we get to that point where Becky fades and, yep. and she can't keep going. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's going to be a couple of weeks before we come back to this. Yeah. Uh, because I've got I've got something I'm doing next week. You won't be on with me for that program. Right. So then the week after that. Yep. God willing. But listen anyway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. All right. Let's finish with prayer. Yes, let's. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We get to know who you are through what we read in the pages of Scripture. We know what pleases the Lord. We know how to live in such a way that is pleasing unto our Father who is in heaven because of what is written down in the Bible. We hear about the gospel. We hear about the forgiveness of sins that we have through Christ our Lord, who died for us and rose again from the dead so that all who believe in him will not perish under the judgment of God, but we have fellowship with God and everlasting life. Teach us how these things apply to our lives and may we live according to them. It's not just something that we read and it made an interesting podcast, but it even changes our lives that through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.